It's You're listening to Wow Ergonomics with Stephen Howe and Graham Cove, sponsored by Backer Elkhuizen. Thank you. You can get off now. Come on, stop that. Stop the bed. And we are live, which is great. It's another wow ergonomics. <laughs> Bit of hip hop oh. to start the day. Yeah, that's why I'm wearing my hoodie. Yeah, in it. <laughs> Thanks to um, Andy. This is this is unconventional. Ah, one of Andy Barden's. Yeah, let's, let's have a little look at the back. There you are. Just shake. There's an office chair. Yeah, yeah. Unconventional. Nice. There you go. Nice. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, there you are. A little bit free advertising for you there, Andy. Yeah. Just get that in. I'll stop that. Um, there we go. So back with yet another week of Wow Ergonomics. We are. And um, we are. I, I said that today I wanted to discuss. Did you read the feed for today? No. No. There we go. Oh, hang on. I just got to have a look on the wrist. My... Slap on the wrist. Yeah, I was just making sure that pe- people are coming in. Where... Right. So, what did I put? If if you've watched, uh, if if you've followed this on LinkedIn, and you've okay. followed followed the notifications of this, which Stephen hasn't, um, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you what I said to today. Right. Okay. Um, we are going to discuss the topic of everyday ergonomics and design, from Easter eggs to bins and bottles. Okay. Why is yep. design so often not functional? That's what I. That's what I thought we'd start with today. Oh, as good as anything. Yeah. Um, here's here's the first thing. A okay. lot of Easter eggs have been recalled this year. I've noticed that. I've had to take. I've had to take several Easter eggs back because of uh, salmonella or food poisoning or whatever. Issues. I've just read that it was at a um, a production site in Belgium, wasn't it? And yeah. Uh, yeah, was it? I've, Sixty kids apparently in the UK had um, had been had come down with salmonella, and they traced it all back to that. But it obviously, it has a knock-on effect beyond the little Kinder eggs, back to all the the Easter eggs as well. Yeah, really, 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 really bad. But there you go. Um, it could have just been that they ate too many eggs. I don't know. I, it's well, just, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet there'd be loads of kids being sick after after the mass consumption of of Easter eggs. But yeah. but. In terms of everyday ergonomics, hmm. um, we 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 haven't really spoken about this. Not not in terms of the kind of products you sell necessarily, which are yep. obviously specialists in their field, hmm. or or ergonomic seating or anything like that. Generally, do you, do you think that a lot of companies just get it wrong in terms of ergonomic design when it comes to products? I think so. It's interesting you mentioned. Did you say bins at the start, Graham? There, yeah, bins. I mean, I, the, okay. the reason I thought of bins was because I was looking out the window at the time when I wrote that, and I was thinking, do you know what? Every because we're at the end of our terrace, okay, right, and we all have to put our bins out at the end of the the other end of the terrace, right? right? Okay, yeah, at the far end of the terrace. 
which is the bit near the road um because it's like a it's a closed private road yeah and some of the bins getting them from here to there are okay all right because they're they're fairly well designed you, you they, they've got a fairly good cantilever tipping point and mm. they've got big enough wheels some of it is ridiculous i mean the, the food waste bin the the big food waste bin that you empty the the little caddy into is is yeah. awful if that's full that's quite a trick and it's really quite difficult to carry they put this enormous handle on it okay right which has to clip into it to 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 hold it shut but and and the whole thing if it's got weight just you know does this kind of swinging cantilever motion um all the way down and i just thought that that is really bad ergonomic mm. design surely actually they should put a couple of little wheels on that if they're going to have this big handle so you could tilt it at an angle and just drag it I mean, I think the thing with with sort of recycling and waste is is it still varies if you look at the you know across the UK as to what people have, isn't it? In terms of what type of bin do they get? Hi, Chris. What what yeah, hi, Chris. What can they recycle? It seems to vary in the frequency of, of collection, etc. I mean, for me, the, the the sort of change we would need is that we sort of try to get quite engaged with the recycling. So we have a smaller bin that we bought ourselves near the the normal bin in the house. That gets all the recycling. And when that's full, someone takes it out the front and then almost decants it into the big bin. But what we find, and if you look around the street is, and it may be just where we are, but people are really engaged with plastic and paper recycling. And actually, every other week, collecting the paper and plastic recycling isn't actually enough because it's, you, you know, you look down the street and it's piled up extra stuff blows down the street etc so the whole thing for me sort of needs addressed that actually do we need to change the provision of what people get you know do we if we're really going to buy into and you really want to encourage recycling you need to provide probably more appropriate wheelie bins because it's you know totally agree. If, if yours is totally full are people going to go i'll just push it down the side or do they go ah, forget that i'll lift up the regular bin and i'll just chuck it chuck it in so are we losing out on opportunity to recycle because we need to actually provide people with with more you know and if more packaging is coming recyclable you need to have a greater provision don't you so i, I think the whole totally, thing needs to totally agree what have you got for plastic we've got one of those kind of weird um, thick type of hessian type uh, blue oh. sacks with like a weight in the bottom, right? That you just shove stuff in. It's nowhere near big enough. No, we have th so we get three bins. So you've got your garden waste that you have to yep. pay for, and that's yep. collected every other week. You've got yep. your standard black bag wheelie bin that's picked up yep. every week, and then the the alternative to the garden waste is, in effect, a wheelie bin that has a black insert that drops inside so you put your paper and your cardboard in the insert and then sort of it leaves a gap down the side and that's where you put all your tin cans and plastic bottles etc and obviously as time goes on that just comes up and up and up and up and sort of comes up the side so that's what we get but it, it's nowhere near enough for for cardboard it's just well, far are. too you much see what a variance we mm. have um we have a, a black recycling crate for okay. now that's now for cardboard and paper that's probably you know about 800 by hence deep yeah yeah and then we've got a green one of those for uh bottles okay okay i have to say in our house because we don't drink huge amounts 
um, the the bottle one is overly big. Um, okay. it's, it's too big for us. Some of the neighbours, it's it's not big enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but then, but then they, they live next door to you. But then they could, yeah, exactly. But yeah. then they could they could always borrow some of ours. Yeah. Um, but the the black one for the cardboard and the paper is nowhere near no. big enough. Nowhere near big enough. Um, and especially on special occasions, so I'll come on to that in a minute. Yeah. And then then we have this blue one for the plastic, which I have to say, since we've had that, has meant that the the two big black bins that we have, because we have two big bins, okay. right? Because we're a big family. Um, it means that there's now plenty of room in those, even though they're only collecting three three weeks of those. Mm. Oh, that's the other thing. We we only get the big bins done every three weeks now. So the old traditional black bags that you put by the side of the pavement now in the called grey bin, yeah, wheelie bin. They only come every three weeks. Three for weeks for that, yeah. So the the waste product that's not recycled that's every three weeks. Okay. But the but the the um yeah, but but then all the the plastic goes in this other but it's nowhere near big enough because no. there's still a huge amount of plastic. Yeah. You know? But so a couple of things there. One is because we were discussing this this morning, me and the wife. Are we going to see less people recycle that plastic stuff? Yeah, and I'll tell you why. Because she made a very good point this morning. She said, um, "But the thing is, to recycle the plastic, you've got to clean it out. So you've got that. You've got to take it to the sink and you've got to wash it. Except yeah. you can't leave. You can't leave food waste on it, right? And good morning." Christina, so we've got Hello. all the seasoning today already. Oh, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So, um, but she made a good point, which is that you know, with the extra cost of you know fuel and heat and everything else, are are less people actually going to bother mm -hmm. to clean stuff because it doesn't actually cost you anything to put something in your waste. Yeah, but it does cost you to actually clean it to put it in the right recycler. That's a good point. Well made, but also. Um, yeah. What about special times of year? So we've got Easter coming up. Yeah. Right. We all know at Easter there is going to be a huge amount of more cardboard. Yes. Hi, Andrew. Nice to see you too. Hi, Andrew. Um, so more cardboard, cardboard plastic, and foil. plastic and foil. Right. But and the same is always the same at Christmas. We yeah. always, always, always see loads of additional bin liners down there at christmas time why why don't they if they're collecting for the street or whatever why don't mm. they put an, an additional unit mm. down at the leave it the week before at the end of the street that people can walk down and put their recycling in yeah why don't they do it um Cost. Because local councils aren't usually very good and don't think about these sort of things well i think that yeah they need to get their yeah but this is the thing, isn't it? On the one, uh, absolutely. On the one hand, it's like we need to see you doing better recycling. Mm. Wouldn't it be better if we re met these recycling targets? You know, you go down the dump. Um, I, I don't know whether you call it the dump. You go down your local recycling centre. Yeah. we still call it the dump. <laughs> yeah, I call it the dump. Right, you go down your local recycling centre, and there's always a, a a board up there now which says. Uh, your local recycling centre last month recycled 86.5%. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'd get it to 100% or we'd get nearer to it if you actually gave us the facilities to do it. Now, we also still, when, when COVID was sort of 
in sort of full force, we had to start booking to go to the local dump stroke recycling centre. Now, they've still carried on with that. Have they carried on that with you, nearly by yourself? Do you have to actually make an appointment to go as opposed, you know, pre pre sort of March 2020, you could just rock up, couldn't you, and take your waste. But now they're, they're still having the fact you've got to actually book in. And again, you think, does that put people off? Do they just think, I'll just haul you in the in the black bin? And, no, you know, we, we can just, we can just turn up now. Mm. But I wish actually you did have to book or get a ticket or something like that. Because yeah. I tell you what, the last couple of times I've gone down there, I've had to queue for ages. Yeah. Right? Actually, it'd be really good, especially, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking about is when you go down the the, uh, the recycling centre, um, you know, especially if, when it's on like a match day or whatever, they could just have a big TV up and just broadcast it, couldn't they? Yeah. It'd be, it'd be, I was I was just reading to the comments to the right hand side. I misread Chris Barlow's second comment where he said after eight Easter egg for me, and I thought he meant after eight Easter eggs. I thought he'd actually had eight Easter eggs as opposed. Well, to yeah, yeah. Eight. I wondered that, or or you know, was it eight o'clock at night? Yeah, or eight o'clock in the morning. I've, when when's too early to start on the Easter eggs on Easter Day? I don't, I don't know. think you can. I think literally the moment your eyes open, I think is it's pretty much game on, isn't it? From there, so yeah. <laughs> Straight in, straight there. Oh, we've got to welcome our guest today. Nice to meet you, Daniel. Hello, thanks for joining us, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Hi, nice to meet you both. He, he nice wonders, having sat there watching that, what on earth he's joined in with. There you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm, I am very much aligned with the perspective of from the moment your eyes open, you can start munching on the Easter eggs. Yeah. Well, what in terms of in terms of what we were talking about, uh, in terms of uh recycling bins etc i mean do, do you feel that recycling bins are not not big enough you know i mean actually there's times a year where there's just not enough capacity in what you get given in order to to recycle what you should agree. completely agree um <clears throat> and it's um so it's funny having recently moved to um a new apartment our building didn't have recycling bins. So just the process of getting them from the council, you would think it's like, you know, you pick up the phone, you call someone and yeah. within say a week, right? They'd be there. It's now come up to about three months. They still haven't <laughs> got through. And, you know, you want to do something good, right? You're like, you want, you're opting in to do something good. And eventually you, you say to yourself, what's the point? You know, I'm spending so much of my time and effort to try and, do good um should be easy right it should be the next day they show up yeah. but no so haven't been recycling for about three months now i would love to get a local councillor on this show to discuss this sometime that'd be amazing because it, it's rubbish it is it's absolutely <laughs> rubbish and yet i'll tell you what they're quick enough at doing is digging up roads oh my don't come through child at the moment by the way Stephen, because okay. everything's been dug up absolutely oh really absolutely everything yeah now, what is it about some some councils and uh, and some places? They just feel the need to dig everything up all at once. I mean, even that doesn't make sense. I mean, if you go if you're going to dig parts of a of a small town up, do it in sections, mm. right? Don't don't suddenly dig up everywhere. So <laughs> there's no route that you can take from one end of the town to the other without going past people. Yeah, you know, it's. I, Utterly, utterly. Ridiculous. And actually, okay. we're saying about getting a local council on to discuss rubbish. You'd love to get the local planning um, 
team on to discuss how do they work, work these things out. I, I often think they seem to sort of focus around school holidays. So as soon as the schools are off, it's like, right, let's let's just dig up everything. And it just causes carnage for a certain period of time, doesn't it? No, we've, we've had it for weeks oh, and weeks okay. and weeks now. Yeah, it's all it's all part of uh, improving char, uh, you know, and, and I'm sure it will. Basically, uh, we're having bigger pavements because um, okay. bigger bigger pavements improve somewhere drastically. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's not an accessibility <laughs> thing, is it, Graham? Is it not that your pavements were too oh, narrow for well, wheelchairs um, or pushchairs? That, or... that would be lovely, but no, I think it's to make room for trees. I did hear, I did hear that actually down one of the the, the roads, it ended up costing them an extra. And I can't say that this is absolutely true. So this is apparently uh, costing them an extra hundred or us as taxpayers, an extra hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Wow. <laughs> right. Because they uh, were putting a tree in. Um, but what they didn't realize was that the tree was in in the way of a, a, of a water main. So they ended up <laughs> having to get the water company in to reroute the water main in order to put the tree in. So well, I, I don't want the extra tree. Sorry. There's Save. two. There's two. Um, like amazing. There's an amazing map. I can't remember, but it was a comparison of London to Paris, and they took a map of London and they put a red dot where there were at that point in time um, roadworks going on, and they, they did the same for Paris, and they zoomed out. You know, like a bird's eye view. <clears throat> Paris, you could count the number of dots on two hands. Yeah. And London, the whole city basically was just one red dot because <laughs> when you zoom out, it's everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and they said it's something to do with the fact, I remember this, it's to do with the fact that try, when you contract to um, the council themselves have the budget to do the road work <clears throat> and they have a budget allocated and basically they don't use the budget what happens is next year, the, they look back and they say, well, last year you only spent 50 grand on road work. You had 100 grand, so we're only going to give you 50 grand. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they say, well, if I've got 100 grand for road works, I need to use the full 100 grand. Because that way they ensure the following year they'll get given the extra you another use 100 it or, Use it or lose it, as it used to be with the, the public sector, yeah. So you've got to invent, you know, holes in the road. <laughs> Jobs just dig a hole and then we'll fill it back up. Jobs for the boys. Yeah. There we go. Look at that over there. There's a slight dent. Quick, dig it out. <laughs> fill it. Fill it with something. You know, get six men All on right. that. Yeah. Brilliant. Anyway, Daniel, <clears throat> we're here. Let's, let's discuss what it is that you do, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'll try and keep it... Uh... As brief as possible to what um, I do, I'm sort of a, a founder of a startup called OSU, OSU. Um, and what OSU is, it's basically just a, a mobile app for the self-employed. And it's an app that in one place they can run their business. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, um, take any, you know, think of any self-employed professional, whether that's a driving, inst driving instructor, a therapist, mobile hairdresser or, or even like a personal trainer and of course uh man with a van doing you know works around home <clears throat> you know if if you boil down to all the different things they need to do so it's you know you need to get paid they need to do scheduling they need to issue invoices they've got to keep track of their expenses they've got to coordinate with their clients and their customers 
And there's lots of tools in the market for all of those things. So, you know, if you're an enterprise, you can spend hundreds of pounds a month on some beautiful CRM to manage all your customer relationships. You can pay hundreds of pounds for fantastic ERP accounting software. And again, dedicated for that specific, uh, say, function. But, you know, if you're a one-person band, um, you, you can't spend hundreds of pounds on lots of different softwares and you don't have the time to deal with it all. And usually these are very complicated, overwhelming tools that, you know, again, that have a team dedicated just to this one area of the business. And when you're wearing, you know, say all the hats of the business, you are at once your own finance person, IT person, salesperson, marketing person, customer success person, you're all of those things in one. You need a simple all-in-one kind of solution that's built for you. And that's what Osteo is. So it's one app where in one place you can manage your schedule, collect payments, issue invoices, track your expenses, uh, and all of those other things. And it's done in a way that everything's reduced to as few clicks as possible. So you're not you know, spending hours of your time on it. So essentially, we're all about helping the self-employed thrive, helping them get paid. Um, and yeah, two years into the journey of um, startup life, it's got its ups and downs, a real roller coaster. But it definitely, I think, beats, um, at least for me, being a part of a, a large corporate where, you know, there's lots of pros um, to that as well. But when you're kind of in charge of your own destiny, it's a lot of fun. Well, we're all, we're all sitting, uh, you know, um, completely intrigued now. Do you, do you want to share screen very quickly and just show us a little bit of it? Can, can you do that? I can do. I would just see. He's, if got, he's got the technology. Yeah. So. He's got that. He's got that app sharing solution. Can I choose? I don't know about you, Stephen. I love a good app. There Absolutely. we are. Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can. I can share that. Great. That. We'll all sit over here for a minute. There oh you wow. Go. Okay. So bottom left corner. That's the. If I can just say move this thing. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, this is the Osu app. <clears throat> this is sort of a, a very simple, easy to view home screen where I can see my upcoming schedule. So I've set up this app for sort of demo purposes as if I was a personal trainer. So I've got, you know, my upcoming schedule. I can see who I'm meeting and what session I have. I can see my finances for, you know, the week, the month or the year. And of course, yep. there's the key actions I would want to perform as a personal trainer. Of course, I want to, you know, add a booking. So from the app, I can simply tap add booking, you know, call it, you know, one-on-one -on -one training session. Um, I'll even do that one, two, one training session. Choose the client. I will find my client, my, my fictitious client. Uh, yeah. Where is it? Dave Smith. I'll do the session on the make it up the nine. Well, if all the Dave Smiths out there get frustrated that they're generally the person who's picked as the fictitious name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the 19th of May, nine till 10, I will make sure that there's a reminder sent, I'll say 24 hours beforehand. And that's it. I've now scheduled a training session with Dave for that date and one day before he'll get an automatic reminder there's no need for me now as a personal trainer to kind of keep a note somewhere to remember to call him one day before 
there's of course um, I want to get paid, and this is probably the best part of uh, or the easiest uh, part of the app. Which I want to request a payment. Now, it's really important to like rem to remember that a lot of sole traders would love to, and if they are uh, accept card payments, you know, carry around some kind of plastic card reader every time you need to get paid. You know, consumer takes out their card and taps their card on the machine. And as a consumer, you think, brilliant, that was so easy. Like, you know, it took me two seconds. But unfortunately for a sole trader, self-employed person, every time you accept the card payment, you actually pay a fee of one and a half to two percent. Mm. So you're giving up, you know, two percent of your income every time a client pays you by card. You're also waiting two, three, sometimes even seven days before you receive the money, which you know, doesn't sound like a lot, but let's say you had a really big um, job that, you know, <clears throat> coming into your bank account in seven days, but you've got major expenses going out in three days, and then you're finding yourself in a bit of a cash flow, uh, tricky cash flow situation. So there's a lot of um, challenges around accepting card payments. Um, and what we did was we built a way for a sole trader, self-employed person to get paid. It's instant, and there's zero transaction fees. So how it works, it's really simple. You tap request payment, you select the client. So the client here is, uh, is it Dave Smith? There's our Dave. I will request a payment. Um, I'll make it up in this instance for, I don't know, a one hour training session of 35 pounds. I will add a discount of, I don't know, 10 pounds off um, loyalty discount. So it comes to a total of £25, and that's it. I've requested the payment. Now, in the background, this is really cool, but for a self-employed person, you no longer need to deal with invoicing. Simply by requesting that payment, an automatic um, oh, professional wow. invoice was generated in the background. So all your invoicing is now taken care of. So, you know, at the end of the year, when you need to do your self-assessment, you have all your invoices already prepared, generated, they're ready for you. And, of course, Dave will have received a copy of that invoice. I'll show you what does Dave see. Dave needs to pay. So Dave receives a text message, just like the one at the bottom. I use Osu to take payment. Click the link, pick your bank and confirm. Dave clicks on the link, and this opens a summary of the payment. He sees that he needs to pay DS Personal Training Services, £25. There's a £10, which includes the £10 off loyalty discount, and he needs to pay. How is he going to pay? He clicks, he chooses his bank, okay. and automatically his bank app is open for him. He doesn't need to manually do anything there. He taps continue. and So it just taps into the part of the your banking app that allows you to set up a, 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 Correct. a debit for... Yeah, okay, cool. Correct. And if I just oh. complete that's, this... That's good, isn't it? And that is it. And you'll see us in a second, the payment is completed. And that's it. So Dave now can see, a he can choose to have a, a receipt emailed to himself. He can view a copy of the invoice. He can save that invoice. And I'll just show you what about me, Daniel Scott, the personal trainer. As you see, I just got a push notification that £25 was received. That yep. money is already in my bank account. So I have been paid instantly by Dave. There's no transaction fees involved. The invoicing was taken care of automatically without a, sort of a second of thought. 
I think the one other super cool thing to show is the scheduling. So of course, you know, I can do a very classic, you know, create an invite. But I think what's most unique is I can actually, from this app, take a public booking link. So I can basically, and it comes included with the app, I take this link, and this link I could share with any of my clients. Um, and let's say I shared, I'm a personal trainer, I have 50 clients, I'll send all the clients this link. I'll say, from now on, if you want to book a training session with me, just go to this link. When someone clicks on the link, this is what they see. They see a booking website for Daniel Scott's personal training business. They can choose the session. So they'll choose a half session on the 20th at 11 a.m. They enter their phone number. And so does this work like some of the other calendar-based solutions so that it knows which days you're available, etc.? Precisely. Exactly. Oh. And that's it. It's all been... Uh, submitted wow. what's different to the other tools like calendly um is that calendly when you know i were to try and book something say in your calendar with calendly if it's available and i choose it, it it's booked it's 100 percent confirmed and we know a lot of sole traders and self-employed people don't want the automatic yeah. confirmation they want that final step of well you know maybe i, I want to check first so you'll see that actually as a Daniel Scott personal trainer, I get a, a notification that Dave wants to book a training session on this day, this time, and I actually get to be the one with the final confirmation. So I'm going to confirm that, and that's now booked. So again, in one place, a sole trader uh, can take care of their payments, take care of their invoicing, the payments are instant with zero fees, their scheduling's there, there's a CRM. So I'll show you here, you see a CRM where all my clients are I can see that Dave currently owes me £100.50. I can contact him from here, see the recent activity, see my upcoming appointment with Dave. I can even take notes. So as you see, uh, yesterday, Dave had a bad ankle. Um, so next time I meet with him, I might want to be aware of that. So essentially, in one place, um, we are trying to give sole traders sort of everything they, they need um, without having to resort to all the different tools and all the complexities of you know, payments are here and invoices are there and my schedule's in another calendar and I keep my notes on pen and paper. What we try to do is, is kind of give you everything you need in one place. That's really good. Wow. Can, I yeah. can I just ask, in terms of the invoices, once the invoices are generated, can can those obviously then be exported out and put into a, yep. an accounting software? Correct, exactly. Yeah. So from the app, there is, an, in the settings, a place where you can sort of connect to your accountant you put in your accountant's email address uh, and firm name, and then all your data will automatically be shared with your accountant, including all the invoices. Okay, yeah, but what, what about what about from a self-assessment point of view in, in terms of if you want to use something like QuickBooks or Sage to actually do your end-of-year accounts? Yeah, so from also from within the app, you can export everything to a CSV or Excel file. So you'll have, you know, from the app, you can download everything, you'll have an Excel with all the income, all the expenses, all the sort of invoice PDF files, and then you know very easily upload that to to Zero or QuickBooks or Sage or whichever software you're using. Well, there you go. That's brilliant. There you go. That's a bit da of a game changer for some people. Yeah, Daniel, what's the biggest challenge that sole traders have? And, and obviously, there's loads of facets to the app there. But is it actually? Is it actually? cold hard cash is it is it in terms of getting the money in is that where sole traders find they have the biggest challenge 
I think um, you know, conscious of the audience who could be listening, but I think uh, you know a lot of times people go into business because they followed you know a passion or they followed say, a craft or profession that they've been trained in, uh, and oftentimes whether it your passion is something that started to say like a side project that you became yeah. passionate about and wanted to turn full time, or if it's something you studied in say a technical college or university, um, and it won't be, I think, so surprising. A lot of these courses in universities, and of course, if you do it as a passion project, you know, you may be an excellent plumber or a fantastic electrician or brilliant at uh, looking after someone's nails, but you may not be a brilliant business person. Okay. And being excellent, say, at manicuring someone's nails or fixing a sink doesn't necessarily mean you're excellent at business. And businesses, you know, so this app, uh, the challenge isn't, you know, the app isn't saying how to be a, how to be good at teaching people to drive. It's not saying here's the best way to fix, uh, you know, um, a leaking sink. But, but it is trying to help in terms of making the business admin simple uh, or yeah. easier. And I think what a lot of people chats find a challenge is this admin or business admin side of the equation. Yeah. It's not to say that people are bad at it. It's just I don't think people especially enjoy it. I don't think people pursue you know, self-employment because they love the thought of dealing with invoicing or they love the thought of tracking their expenses or they love the thought of chasing clients to pay. But I think when you go down the path of self-employment, you know, <laughs> for better or worse, that is always going to be a part of it. Um, and I think what the what we found is that's the challenge. The challenge is that you, there are people are brilliant at things and these are good, honest, hardworking people. You know, generally to pursue self-employment is not for the faint-hearted, right? You have to be tough and uh, driven and passionate about whatever it is you do or committed to some degree of success. I think the challenge is that the admin can kind of get in the way, um, you know, and I think when these businesses fail, especially self-employed businesses and sole traders, it's not because they're bad at their profession. It's not because they're bad uh, at the craft that they pursue. It's just that admin becomes overwhelming. And, you know, you lose track of your first invoice, your second invoice. And, you know, if you're losing track of 10 invoices, 15 invoices, 20 invoices, and, you know, you're owed thousands of pounds for an outstanding payments, and you've got your mortgage and you've got your bills and petrol prices are, you know, skyrocketing, you know, that's when you hit trouble. And it's, again, not because you're bad at what you do. It's because that just investment required and the time it takes to be on top of, say, business management is something that people are, you know, um, they underestimate, um, especially, of course, if you're, say, younger uh, in this mm. whole self-employment thing, which is just the excitement of I'm going to be my own boss now. I'm going to make my own money. You know, I'm not beholden to a, to, to a company anymore. You know, it's very easy to kind of just run away with that and lose sight of kind of the really, and it is dull and time-consuming administrative tasks. <laughs> and I think that's what we try to solve. I think that would be a really great app actually Stephen, for anyone that was just starting out doing ergonomic assessments oh, i think so i think so because the the, the, the pure nature of what they do is yeah. very much around seeing multiple people diary organization getting payments in so as you say i think for the for the assessment community out there who we who we know and engage with i think it would be a 
a perfect app for them as you say you know they're they're, they're generally traveling around um, multiple locations every day the fact they could almost go and do an assessment and maybe just update themselves as soon as they come out or maybe after two or maybe at the end of the day but that, that would be a really really useful bit of uh, kit for that sector I think so I'm yeah. interested Graham would you be in sort of self-employed does what 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 are your sort of initial thoughts on seeing the the app what what, what sort of stands out for you no I, I like it I it's um, I don't actually I don't actually have that problem because mm. <laughs> I'm quite good at systems. So I just yeah. uh, everything for me is 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 pretty much automated. Um, and I, you know, I, I love the fact that you're you're able to tap into the the, uh, the bank mm. thing so that actually, you, you know, you're getting those automated payments, but without uh, without a fee in there. But mm. yeah, I mean, typically. Most of my clients pay up front, um, invoices go out on a regular date, dum dum dum. You know, I have a I have software that tracks that as well. So I don't once it's gone, I don't have to remember about it. It 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 will nudge. I think I think I think anything like that is really, really, really valid. I was thinking of my sister actually when you showed me that, Daniel, because she's a, a sports massage therapist. And yeah. I've been trying to get her desperately to get off of a, a, a book-based system for ages and ages and ages i mean the, the one thing that um would be really interesting there and i don't and i don't know whether you can do it but one of the things that she struggles with and and i'm sure a lot of the people that would perhaps use that app would struggle with as well is that is when people don't turn up for a session so would there be a way maybe for the future in in that where maybe you could actually take sort of like a tiny deposit from someone and that, that could get carried over or something so like we that. We already have that. So the good oh, news is we already have, have that. There you go. There you go. So Ooh. one of the things Bang. we heard of is um, is exactly that, which is people saying that the, a big pain point is last minute cancellations and no shows. And if there was a way that people would be required to either pay in full as part of the booking or be required to pay some kind of deposit as part of a booking, that would be, you know, game changing. So we added it, we built it. So now when you set up the booking website feature, um, it's, it's, it's optional, right? Not everyone wants it, but for those that want, they can actually add a payment link as part of the booking. So when someone comes along and says, you know, I want to book a sports massage on the, I'm making it up 25th of April at 10 a.m. They'll select the 25th of April, they select 10 a.m., they put their name and phone number, and then it says, okay, great, but now in order to kind of reserve the slot, you need to pay, whether it's £10, £20, it's up to the um, the business owner to, to decide, but they have to pay. And only after they pay do they get the kind of the kind of great, fantastic, um, you know, so-and-so will be in touch to confirm. So yeah. we built it for that reason. Right. I mean that's really important, isn't it? Because for the you know for the the, the sole trade of the self-employed, you know, a no-show is simply a, a loss of income to them, isn't it? You know, for yeah. if you're working for a larger organisation, you can make it up, or there's the some other part of the business can swallow up that loss. But if you've got people, you know, like you're saying, if a personal trainer or you know whether you're you know a, a gas engineer or something, if someone's not in when you knock the door or doesn't turn up. You know that that money's lost, so that ability to sort of almost request request an element of the money up front is really really important, and I think it yeah. just then gets that 
increased commitment from the person who's booking the service to actually make sure, do you know what, if I don't go and see them, I'm still got to pay 50%. So I'm really, really going to make sure where if they haven't got that, they sometimes think, ah, well, whatever, you know what I mean? It sort of focuses the mind a little bit more, doesn't well, it? Well, the, the, the thing is that it can always be done so that, you know, that, that money carries over for, an, for another booking. Right. Yeah, so it might, the, the, the client isn't necessarily going to lose out on that money. No. It just means that you've got some of their money prior to prior to the the the, the booking actually happening, and mm. if they don't actually turn up, you've still got their money. It means that they've then got to make that next booking. Yep. Um. And one of the things you guys touched upon, and I do it myself a lot, is I use the term self-employed because that's the common term to use. And I think the term self-employed is actually a bad one because. It implies that you're employed. Just in the, yeah. you know, I know that the self part, but there's this sense of like you're not employed, that you are not an employee anymore. And the way the mindset shift isn't, you know, I was employed by a company and now I'm employed by myself. You're not employed by anyone. No, you you're self-funded. <laughs> Correct. You are yes. the owner operator of your business, uh, yeah. and everything is on your head and on your neck and on your shoulders. Right. That's I think for a lot of people, a very, very huge shift in mindset. If you go from working in a business as an employee to owning and running a business, you know, you are not in, you're not self-employed. You could be the director of a company and have employees, but you're still not self-employed. You are the owner operator of a business. Um, and that shift in mindset, which is, you know, why a no-show is so painful. It, you know, it's not, like on a Friday night, you close the computer, you leave the office. In a large organization, the business will be still will still be there on Monday. Short of catastrophe, the business will still be there mm. Monday. But when you are self-employed one-man band and you've got, you know, mortgages coming up in the middle of the month, say, and you've got a really big job plan that weekend and they just cancel it at the last possible second, you know, that's that's huge, right? That's can mean the end of your business in you know, what one person's inconvenient sort of two minute phone call where they kind of awkwardly try to cancel or delay by a few months because something's come up, you know, that's alarm bells ringing, that panic, that's how am I going to, you know, get, you know, pay my bills on time this month. And that's this sort of, I don't want to scare people who are thinking of self-employment. Yeah. But I think that's the, I'm talking about like the challenges of it. Uh, and why, you know, seemingly inconvenient things like a no-show or cancellation that's somewhat innocuous, how big of an impact it can have. That's the mindset I think people should have when in self-employment or considering it. It's that, you know, it's a, it's, it's, it's a world apart from, from, you know, the innocuous term self-employed seem to suggest, you know, yeah. you really are not employed in any way, shape or form of that word. No, that's very that's very true, Daniel. Before you escape, um, we we need you to use your phone one more time. Um, <laughs> we today today I thought we'd do something slightly different. Okay. okay. So what what we're going to do today is uh, if you could go on your phone, Daniel, to vivox.app in your browser. I will do. Being a technical guy, you should be able to cope with this. Uh, if you're watching, uh, you can do the same. Vivox.app. Um. Yes, clients do need to be respectful and live up yeah, to their commitments. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Right. Uh, if you put in the ID number, all of you watching uh, at home as well, 143 204 564. Another week. Uh, this is a bit of a... a sort of a test run steve because i okay. thought what we what we ought to do is tr maybe try one of this in in a webinar sometime soon yeah yeah definitely okay oh now i must say this graham you know after last week's one of the questions we had and the answer was wet leg right? yeah I, i've heard that record shays long about five times i'd never heard it until so you mentioned it, it. So ever good. since then i hear it every time i go in the car so uh yeah there you go wet leg wet leg Okay. Uh, if we're talking about music, I just want to say thank you, by the way, to uh, L and L. There you are. You sent me sent me some albums this morning, um, and also a, a plectrum as well. Thank you very much. Nice, very uh, yeah. nice. I, I shall I shall try using that later. I've never really got on with plectrums, but I will try. Um, so what we're going to do today, rather than a quiz, I'm actually going to do a poll. I just want to see, okay. right, whether people, including you, Daniel, have actually had. A workplace assessment at home and I, and I want to see how good your ergonomics are so here we go here's our little here's our little poly okay right. so first question is have you had a workplace assessment stroke ergonomic assessment of your current workstation and the answer to that is 66.67 percent said no my goodness so that's quite scary isn't it Mm. all right next question who in your organization is responsible for workplace assessments human resources health and safety me another manager nobody <laughs> nobody there we go there's no correct answers by the way no no Interesting, no, just an interesting, mm. yeah, just interesting statistics. We're going to have a look at that. We'll look at the answers maybe another week. Uh, next poll, which of these would you say describes how you work? Are you work from home, hybrid, work, uh, work from office, fully remote or other? If people don't know what the term hybrid means, um, well. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> what have we been doing for the last two years? <laughs> well, well, yeah, what have we been doing? So hybrid means that you work between the office and uh, and working from home. Or well, you might even use uh, additional resources like coffee shops. Work from home. A lot of people working hybrid. There we go. McDonald's, Graham, are we allowed to say that? I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. That, so. Yeah, no, I think that's fine. Uh, have you had any new equipment to help with the ergonomics of your work environment over the past two years? Yes. Good. Do we like good. to see? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> do you have any kind of back condition or musculoskeletal injury that impacts you at work? And one last person. Well, we'll just stop that there anyway. And I think, yeah, next one. How much do you think a proper workplace assessment should cost? Now, here you are. This, this, is, one mm. for, this is one for Daniel. This is um, interesting. Interesting. 200. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh you someone's, see. Someone's yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. So, somewhere between 100 and 200 pounds. Mm. Yeah, okay. 
So maybe somewhere in the middle there. And have you been given advice on taking breaks by your organisation? Oh, someone said no. Very, very interesting. This will, I think this would be good with a, with a large audience, don't you? I think so. I think if you could, if, if we ever had an event that had sort of 50 to 100 people to really get a real we could run snapshot. This. Yeah. Yeah. Which of these do you have? Laptop accessories, specialist office chair or sit-stand desk or similar? Just to, just to give us a... Ooh, interesting. There you go. Most people have laptop accessories and sit stand desk, not quite so popular. Okay, no. there you are. I'm going to close that. There you go. Thank you very much for thank you very much for taking part, everybody. That, that was just a little little snapshot today. Yeah, it's really interesting. As you say, it'd be great to get that in in a, in a, a wider audience, wouldn't it? When we're doing one of our other events, just to, you know, it doesn't take very long, but I think you get some really interesting sort of insight into all Dan of that daniel daniel I, ju I just have to ask what 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 did you answer in terms of workplace assessment did have you had a workplace assessment nope no never and yet you see it is actually a requirement are, are you working for yourself uh we i mean yeah we are a team of 12 of whom five are in london right so legally that should happen <laughs> did you know that so my question to you guys then yeah. is um, we work out of a kind of a WeWork type um, building. So is it our obligation or is it the WeWork <laughs> run the site obligation? It's your obligation. Yeah. And that that's so it, that's why we bring it up. It's so interesting. But actually, um, if someone's facilitating you in terms of the environment, then obviously you, you need to make sure that the, the right provisions are provided within that environment. But in terms of the health and well-being of your people, that's your responsibility wherever they work. So that, that doesn't matter whether someone works in, funnily enough, in McDonald's <laughs> all the time. If mm. they're working for you, they are within your hospice. They're, you're, mm. they're your responsibility. Um, and that's why... That's why it's important to do those assessments, because what those assessments are doing is they're, rec they're understanding whether you, those people have got the right provisions for wherever mm. it is that they're working. Um, it might might be that, you know, it, it, A, for example, it makes sure that there's not, they don't necessarily have an, uh, a, a condition when they first start with you, right? I mean, let, let's take the example of eyesight. I think this is a really good one Yeah. with regards to DSE, okay? When someone starts with you, working for you, how many employee, employers actually bother to do an eyesight test with that, that member of staff or get them, get them to make sure they have an eyesight test and find out where they are at that moment in time with their eyes, right? Because what we know is that working with computers day in day out can have an, an effect on your eyesight yeah but it might be that your eyesight was already shot yeah <laughs> i'll put that i'll put it like that might be that your eyes were already affected might be that you already had to wear glasses might be that you already had migraines because of you know working with computers mm. prior to starting that job now if you don't do that baseline 
with yeah. them when they're first inducted, you don't know where that starting point is. Mm-hmm. It then, if if you know, two years down the line, they suddenly go, well, do you know what? Since I've been working here, I've got this problem with me. I've got that problem. I've got this. And it's all since I've been working here. You don't know, do you? No. Because you've got no reference point. You haven't got any reference point. You Mm. haven't taken that baseline point of going, where were you when you first joined this business? So that is why the recommendation is that what you do is you, you, something like once a year, do a, do a workplace assessment with people, find out where the base point is when they first join the company, do your assessment, find out where the base point is, find out if they've got any pre-existing conditions that may impact upon them, put into place the adjustments then, and then just keep looking at that on a year-by-year basis. That way you will never lose, right? Because ultimately someone cannot turn around and say to you, this happened since I worked here, if it was pre-existing there good advice yeah you could, you could build it into your app <laughs> <laughs> as as advice for, for you know on top of any kind of uh advice for for um for any anybody working for themselves if if you're working for yourself obviously it's your your own responsibility but as soon as you've got a little team then it's it's really really important. If once you become responsible for other people, it's really really important. Yeah, absolutely. Lighting is important. Thanks for that, yeah. Susan. Um, and air quality, she's mentioned as well on the next comment. Uh, so. And and air quality, which we spoke about last week with David. Yeah, yeah um, we did. And lighting. That's a that's a good one to bring up. It is. Yeah, it is. Well, we've got a it's a product, a new product that we are bringing out back at Elkhausen, so called Energy by Light. So uh, yeah, that's being released imminently. And we've got a, a webinar, which you're uh, joining us on, Graham, on the 11th of May. So we'll be um, having the uh, designer, uh, Stephen Edwards, and John Van Hooft, who's back at Elkhausen CEO, will be talking about our new product. And it's all around tying the, your desk light um, or the light in which you work in with the your your sort of natural circadian rhythm so the light adjusts throughout the day to mimic the sun it's about producing and, and giving you extra energy throughout the day so um, yeah we've got that webinar coming up I think we'll probably talk about that product a little bit more Graham um, in the coming weeks but yeah it's a really interesting one we're uh, we're really excited about this product and we're already having huge interest in it so uh, yeah it'll be a good one Daniel, before you leave, is 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 this app? Is it uh, available to download now? It yeah. is. Um, and uh, and, and is there is there a cost to the app? So um, there isn't to begin with. So basically, we have a free version of the app where you can use it every month to accept up to a thousand pounds worth of payments, uh, and there's no cost at all. So all the features are there. It's just it's just only that you know once you want to accept over a grand worth of payment from your customers, mm-hmm. then you'll need to opt in to one of the paid plans, which start at £10 a month. Um, most of our users, if they convert to a paid plan, they go to the £10 a month one, where you have a limit of about seven grand a month of um, kind of payment that you're collecting. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, really that's good. Very, that's very, very cool. Or maybe, maybe you should have a free-for-life version that's got sponsorship from an ergonomics company. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. You we are. can have that conversation. Let we can. We can. There, there you go. Well, I'm just thinking about that. You know, all of that homeworking market. What a, yeah. what, a, what, a, what, a, what a great market. You know, absolutely. There, there, there could be there could be a really good uh, 
combination there. Someone, if someone wanted to sponsor that, that would that would be that would be fantastic. It, you know, in response to you know getting some some ads every now and again about ergonomic yeah. products. You know, that that would be good. Cool, Daniel. Brilliant. Thank you very much for joining thank us. You thank you very much. Have a thank great day. Bye for enjoy, now. Enjoy the Easter weekend. Yeah, yeah and, you, and you. And you. What an interesting guest. Really interesting. What an interesting app. Mm. Yeah. So I, I did mean to say to him, yeah, and I know we'd got into that the whole piece around um, terminology, didn't we? When we've discussed it with Jody Greer previously around accessibility and, and those sort of things. Self-employed isn't the title to use. What is it? What 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 sole trader? You know, because obviously the word employed is um, is, is something that should be left out. So what should be people? I I, 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 land? I love the term solopreneur. I I just think that's that's oh, that's what. Nice. It's, yeah, I yeah. think that's what it should be. You're mm. a solopreneur. You're, you know, you're racking it up there. Um, yeah. I, yeah, happy Easter to you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Susan. It was, I, I thought it was mm. very interesting talk today. I, I, you are, you are uh, a sole trader. I guess that 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 does make sense. Yeah. But I think you are a, um, yeah, a solopreneur. Solopreneur. That it sounds good, doesn't it? Will we find that in the Collins English Dictionary? Solopreneur. I'm sure it is. I'm so. I'm is sure it? it is in there. Okay. Yeah. Well, entrepreneur, solopreneur. Yeah, is yeah. Definitely in there as a mm. as a thing. Self-employed isn't right, is it? No. If you actually think about what the term itself means, it doesn't make any sense. No. I guess it makes sense in terms of the HMRC. Yes. Uh, and that's where the term comes up because you are still you're employing yourself yeah. to work for yourself, and therefore <laughs> you've you've got to pay you, and you've got to pay your tax. Yeah. As an employed person, employed by yourself. Yeah. That's what that's where it comes from, isn't yeah. it? That self-employed. It's a tax thing. Can you? What if you sat yourself? Well, I've tried so many yeah. times, but you know, it just keeps coming back. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just, you know, why is it? Oh, self-employed is correct in your eyes. Oh, there yeah. you go. There you go. Well, you know, I, you're I, a broad church of opinions. Yeah, I think, I think, I think the reason we were saying that maybe self-employed isn't quite right is because you are, you know. It's not headspace-wise. It's not like when you're employed and you don't mm. have to think about all of these things because, you know, um, unless you're... But, but then again, if you own a business, you have to think about everything, don't you? Yeah. If you're the CEO of a business, do you not think about, you know, whether people are getting invoiced? You can blame someone if it doesn't happen, but ultimately you've got to blame yourself. Yeah, there's another whole conversation about oh, leadership, yeah. leadership in business there. But if you know, if you've employed the wrong people below you to do all of those different parts of the business, who's ultimately responsible? You employed them. Yeah. Yeah. You took you took those people on if they're not you, performing. You should have spoken to our friend Rory Berry with his uh, new uh new sales course that he's been pushing isn't it which is it is it how to not stuff up your first five appointments i think rory's been yeah talking like about that. on uh, linkedin hasn't it yeah hasn't he, absolutely. I should say. absolutely now we won't be here next week no um because 
of the Easter Bunny. Um, the 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 Easter Bunny has decided that we we shouldn't do a show next week. Absolutely. Um, so that the the kiddies can have a great time. Don't eat mm -hmm. too much chocolate. That no. includes you, Chris. He's already yeah. started, hasn't he? I think because I think he's already on. No, I think he's already start. started. I think he's already there. It, the thing is, when you've got children, you can make these excuses. Yeah. I mean, both of us can do that. Oh well. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, CEOs do need to keep in touch with all departments. Absolutely. Tuesday yeah. the 26th, we're back, Graham. Tuesday the 26th. Tuesday the 26th. Noon. Yep. Make sure you're make sure you're back uh, and with us then. Um, if you want to catch up in the meantime, as Chris has been doing recently on, mm -hmm. on previous episodes, which you can listen to in the, the comfort of your car as you're traveling to and from uh, one place to another. Mind you, if you're on holiday with the rest of the family, I'm not sure that this is the the best entertainment. No. But if they've all fallen asleep, of course, then get um, us on. Get us on. Doesn't matter. Uh, you go to wowergonomics.com. You can you can listen to us there, uh, or, or you can save it on your favourite um, app of choice. I think we're on Apple Music as well now. Mm -hmm. um, so there we go. Uh, until next time. Thanks for for joining us. For me and Stephen. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. Happy Easter. Yeah. Happy Easter, everyone. Thank you.